This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, welcome to this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. My guest today is Jer Ronan. Now, I've known Jer since 2010. He started his business in 2009, and I met him about, I guess, a year or so into his business. And he was doing some really cool stuff. I mean, he caught my attention, and we became friends, and we learned more about each other. But Jer's got a really great sales process. He's got a really good process for working with his team and with his people. And he's got a great story. I think what I really like about Jer is that you know he came to the United States on his own with nothing from Ireland, hustled and worked, and he's basically now living the American dream. His company, Yankee Home Improvements, operates in a number of states. They do, I think they're going to do over $6 million this year, profitable. And there's a guy that's had his ups and downs over the years. And we'll talk a little bit about that in this episode. We'll also talk about the chance encounter he had a few years ago that really changed his life and really changed his outlook on his life. So um, again, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Jer's a real guy. He's, in the, he's there doing it every day, running his company, running his salespeople, and uh, he's having a good time. He's making money and he's having fun. So uh, this is Jer Ronan from Yankee Home Improvements. Let's get to it. All right, everybody. Uh, so I want to introduce all of you to my friend Jer Ronan. Uh, I've known Jer for quite some time, um, since I believe 2009. Jer has a great story. I can have Jer on probably seven or eight times, and we would not run out of good things to talk about. So Jer, welcome. This is your first time here. I appreciate you being here. Why don't we start with, give everybody like the 60-second version of you know, Yankee Home Today. Let's start with Yankee Home Today. Sure. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Today, Yankee Home is, uh, for all intents and purposes, a marketing company. I just happened to install window siding, roofing, and bats. But uh, we generated last year approximately $6 million in sales. And we do work in six states of about 11 sales guys. And um, we had very humble beginnings, as you know. Yes. Started in, started in 2008 with a $12,000 investment. I had been ripped off by a contractor for $2,500, roofing contractor. And I was so friggin' pissed that I decided that I'd open my own company. I was in the business per se as a salesperson. And I was able to generate a larger good income. And I saved all my 1099s. Back then, Brian, we were all 1099. And um, I was able to generate two million in personal sales, full commission sales for five years before I started Yankee. But because I had to run in with a contractor, it kind of brought home, even though I was in the business and I should have known better, I went with the cheapest quote and uh, got burnt. So um, that was the that was the impetus to start Yankee way back in 2008. Yeah, and what was and what was really interesting was that you were a two million dollar two million plus dollar producer 
consistently year after year after year after year. And um, you did a lot of interesting and unique things to uh, to produce those kinds of sales. Um, you want to talk about a couple of the things that you did that were a little different than the rest? While I was a salesperson, it's funny you ask that. I recently, well, a couple of years ago, came across Robert Cialdini. And um, for those of you who don't know who he is, you, you've got to check this guy out. He wrote the book Influence, and, and uh, I'm reading his current book, Persuasion. But, but he has five or six, I should say, ethical ways to influence somebody. I didn't realize at the time that's what I was doing in the house as an in-home salesperson. I was finding common ground. I was using social proof. But I was I was basically having conversations with homeowners. I consider myself literally the worst closer in the world. But I was able to generate a you know, quarter of a million dollar take-home pay to 300000 year after year after year, literally listening to a homeowner, solving a problem rather than selling a product, and finding common ground. And then when I came across Cialdini, while well, Yankee was, I was like, hey, I was doing that. That's what I was doing. So, um, so yeah, Brian, that, that's, I wasn't really following traditional methods of hard closing. I was, I was doing a, a conversational approach to, to finding common ground and, and literally solving problems rather than selling product. So, um, you know, Yankee Home started in uh, 2008. By the time I met you in 2009, you were already, you're already rolling along, um, you know, growing the business, building the business. And one of the things we were going to talk about today is something happened to you in 2015 that I guess the way you the way you talk about it really kind of changed your your life. I think it would be interesting to talk about to talk about that and what some of the lessons were that you learned over over the last couple of years. I've been very lucky, Brian, to have mentors in my life. You, I, I, I definitely count as one of them. Joe Tolman is another one. And um, I, I, I had a mentor that told me about a paradigm shift and explained to me a paradigm shift. And I ended up finding out the book that he, that he got this from. But he said, he, want, he, he told me, imagine that you're in a railway carriage and you're reading your favorite book and you're the only person at that moment in this railway carriage. The train stops and in walks a father with four kids under four. You look in the carriage above, you see there's people. You look in the carriage behind, you see there's people. So you make a decision not to move. The father sits right across the aisle with the kids. Lock them out. The train takes off. The kids get louder and louder and louder, so loud that you can't read your book. A ball hits you on the head. The kids are playing. You pick up the ball. You pick it up. You go over to the gentleman, and you're going to ask him politely because you've read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You know you can't yell at him about his children. So you politely say, or you're about to say, can you please keep your kids down and trying to read your book? You notice right before you're about to speak that he's got tears running down his eyes. You see he's been crying, and you say, like any human being would, what's wrong? He tells you his wife died in a car accident. And he's bringing his kids home, hasn't had the heart to tell them. They wouldn't understand the anyway. They're too young. Do you mention your book? No. You go from anger to compassion in a split second based on new information. And in Philadelphia, June 2015, I had a very similar thing happen to me. 
and I, I had an interaction with a homeless gentleman. I was on the way down to Philly. Um, our window manufacturer uh, has our plant in, in Bristol, Pennsylvania. It was just north of the city. And I'm listening to Tony Robbins, one of my favorites, audiobook, um, Money, Master of the Game, Seven Simple Steps to Financial Freedom. And spoiler alert, number seven is, is about giving back. The secret of, to, to living is giving. And Tony reads the book. He hasn't written the book in 20 years. And this was his first book in 20 years. It's a phenomenal book, Brian. It is so I'm listening, I'm listening to this going down. And I'm all hyped up because you know that you know the effect Tony has on you, right? And um, I'm I'm get to Philadelphia the day before the meeting, which is a Sunday. I'm walking around Philly, and Philly to me is is almost like a hometown, even though I live in Ma Western Mass. It's a four four and a half hour drive. Uh, it's still kind of a home home base for me because when I came to America first, I literally came to America with 80 bucks in my pocket. I'm from Dublin, and I worked for three summers down Wildwood, New Jersey, and Philly was our home base, right? So I'm walking around around Philly's a lot of people, a lot of homeless people on the streets, and uh, Tony's resonating in my head. And I didn't put this. I wrote about this uh, on the website. I didn't put this part in because you can't really talk about money uh, to the general public. Like we can talk about money when you're in a sales organization. It's, there's no big deal talking about money. But I wanted to give back. I had $100 in my pocket, right? And plan A was to split that hundred dollars hundred different ways and give a hundred give a dollar bill to hundred people well, that's not going to do much good right plan b was to give a hundred dollars to one person well the more i thought about that i might screw somebody up you know so that, that that might not be a good plan so plan c was what if i found somebody homeless person i sat and talked to him a little bit maybe gave him 25 bucks mentored him a little bit and came back for two, three more weeks, maybe four weeks. And would I make any kind of change or would I have any make any kind of impression on this on this person? So anyway, so that was plan C. So I go up to this one gentleman and what do you do? What do you, you how do you pick somebody out? So the easiest way and the safest way was directions, right? I was a wuss. So I went up to this particular gentleman. He was down close to the Liberty Bell. I knew what the Liberty Bell was. And he was off to the side. He wasn't panhandling. He was just, I could definitely tell he was homeless. So I go over to him and I go, excuse me, sir, do you know what the Liberty Bell is? And he says, he stands up immediately. And he points it out. And he says, oh, those people over there, that's where it is. Oh, okay. I said, how's things going? And he says, streets for 10 years. And he told me his name was Jake. And um, so we're standing, talking. And he said to me something. I, I asked him a question. I said, well, how old are you? And he looks at me and he says, I'm not sure. And it was kind of, you know, kind of an unusual response. And I said, what do, you, what, do you, what do you mean you're not sure? He said, well, the last two years I haven't celebrated. Does that count? Now, we're in the people business. You know, if they're not smiling, you're not smiling. And it was such an unusual response that I literally sat down. I said, you know what, Jake, that's a very good question. And I just started talking to him. He told me that he was trying to get a job, and I told him I was an employer, and I looked for this, and I looked for that, and we just got chit-chatting. And I asked him a question. I said, would you, if I made an investment in you, and if I met you here in a week's time, 1230, right outside the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, would you be here? And he said, yeah, I would. And I said, well, would you be clean shaven? Would you look a bit more respectable? Would you do this, this, this? He said, yeah, yeah, I'll be here. So that was 
June 6th, 2015. So I went back next week, not thinking he was there. With the homeless person, there's no texting, there's no emailing, there's no confirmation the night before. You go down on a wing and a prayer. So I, I went down, sure enough, Jake's there. So this time he was cleaned up a bit and uh, we went to Subway, talked for a little bit more. And um, I said, asked him about his week and his, his attempts at trying to find work. So that, Brian, led to next week. So then I thought, well, let's do it for a month. That led to a month, led to three months, which led to six months, which led to a year, which led to a year, year and a half. I wrote about this on the jakestory.com. I, I, at one point, I thought I was going to solve homelessness. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that because we're talking about a mentally handicapped person, not necessarily somebody that has, has thinks the way you and me. But I developed a friendship, Brian. And it was something that that uh, made an indelible impression on me because as owners to this, I'm sure you know, you deal with enough of us, that there's a lot of BS in this business. And what Jake did for me by sitting and talking to somebody for a couple of hours every week, he literally grounded me. And it was almost like a therapy for me. He didn't know what he was doing. But when you're talking to somebody that only has the shirt on his back, it, it reminds me that that I was homeless at one point. I slept in a car for a while. I was a legal alien for, for nine years. So even though I have a company now with a, you know, I'm in a building that's a 22,000 square foot building and I have 70 something employees, there was a time when, when I wasn't too far from Jake. So by spending time with him on, on a weekly basis, I don't go down every week now and every, now it's every couple of weeks. It, it, it's, you, I can't tell you the effect it has on me because Mr. Robbins, Tony Robbins is absolutely right. When you immerse yourself into something as opposed to writing a check, it's so much more. The, the, the stuff I got, I, I almost felt like Jake should be charging me because I was getting so much out of talking with him that um, I, I, I felt that, that this was the greatest therapy in the world. So it did make enough, it did have a change on me, Brian. Sorry for rattling on there for a bit, but, but that was June 2015. So today I still have I still have a relationship with them. I now morphed it into charity work with uh, Margot from uh, Sunday Love Mission, but we now use or, or integrate Jake into some of our uh, into some of our marketing. Believe it or not, Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM. Estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. 
So let's talk a little bit about that because um, you're, you do this great ad every year. And, you know, admittedly, a lot of the people that are listening can't do the same type of ad because they don't have the same story. But okay. there's some variation of it that people can do. And so I have it in front of me. And okay. I'm just going to give people some highlights. Um, and and I'll put this up. I'll put this up in the blog post for this episode so everybody can see this. Uh, you're okay with that, right? Right, Jared? No, go ahead. That's yeah. great. Absolutely. I imagine millions of people have already seen it. But it's got a – so imagine at, you know, at the top of the page. It's a full page. It's a big ad. It says, thank you, America, for another great year. It's got Jer next to, to that, picture of Jer. And then behind him is a waving American flag. Um, and then it says, and then it's got open letter to America and basically tells, uh, tells Jer's story from coming here as a, as a young man with 80 bucks in his pocket to now, you know, as he said, he employs a lot of people and now he also has added. So when you first, the first version of this ad that I saw did not have the Jake story, right? It was just a simple Correct. open letter to America. Thank you. I love this country, which by the way, is a message we need more and more of lately. It seems, but that's another subject maybe. <laughs> not for here. Um, but it has morphed into um, something much, much bigger. And uh, so you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Jake, the Jake story. And then you've got, um, and then so as you scroll down, sorry, everybody, I'm looking at it, you, you are not, I'm trying to do my best. You know, Jer tells his story and make no mistake, uh, Jer is a capitalist. Jer is all about making money and making a profit, um, but um, it's a heartfelt message as well. And uh, at the at the very end, uh, the last two lines are great. Some may criticize America and some may mock her, but not me. I am proud to be a, a citizen and proud to call myself an American. And then on your trucks. So now tell me about this. So now. On the ad, it says, yes, we even put it on our vehicles. It says, America still the land of opportunity, but you've changed that now to something else. Well, we've still got that on the truck, but you're right. We've, we've actually, we, our slogan is always, was always no worries. And the reason we used the no worries was because we told the story of, of the interaction I had with a, an unscrupulous roofer, and we brought that into the company story. Well, the Thank You America campaign, we run it every July, and you're right, not everybody can do it because not everyone's an immigrant, but we wanted to try and see if we could use that um, Thank You America and try and brand and try and use that 12 months of the year. So we've actually changing, we're in actually the process right now, changing our, our, our logo of No Worries into the Thank You America company. And the Thank You America company, we actually trademarked it, putting it into all of our marketing. The idea being who can be, you said I'm a capitalist, you're absolutely right, I am. And in this particular environment, one side hates the other side, and you can't really talk politics, but very few people are going to get mad at anybody who, who wants to, who's grateful, and uh, who wants to, to, to give back. And 
one part, and, I, and I'm even though I'm a capitalist and I'm sincere in this, one of the greatest things that for me as an owner, when you when you are successful at this business, is the ability to give back. I understand that. I, I listened to to one of your podcasts. I love your podcast, Brian. And one of them, what you were talking about, the JAD and all that stuff. That's fine for some people. For me, I drive a Honda Cross Tour. I live in a relatively modest house. For me, my high is giving back. I really do like contributing to charities. I really do like I'm going back down this weekend to Philadelphia. Um, and, and I love it. I mean, I was there a couple of weeks ago with my daughter. Brought My daughter hadn't been down to the Sunday Love Project. For those of you who don't know, Sunday Love is a, is, a, is a charity started by Margot Murphy a couple of years ago. And actually on that ad, you have a picture of me on the Rachel Ray show because she was featured on Rachel Ray. But it, it's every Sunday she cooks the food. She, I'm just involved in distribution. I got the fun part. But I had, I brought my daughter down to Philly on the Saturday night before the Sunday that we give it out. I'm walking around Philadelphia, and my daughter was a little concerned at the very beginning because as we're strolling through City Hall, people are coming up to me, homeless people, wanting to hug me and say hi and say thank you and. And it was nice. It was a good feeling to, for my daughter to see this is what her father does on, on, on the weekends. And it's not every weekend, like I said now, but it was it was great from a from a perspective of of marketing. We I'm thanks to you, a student of Dan Kennedy and Dan Kennedy is a big USP guy. He's a big five year unique selling proposition. We did. And our unique selling proposition, we felt was in order to differentiate ourselves um, was to become the Thank You America company was to be the company that gave back and we've used it successfully in various parts of our business for example we now button up our sale we use the Cialdini and reciprocity hopefully I pronounced that correctly and um, we use love, that tenant it's a, it's go ahead love reciprocity there you go he, he maintains that if you give something, when you give something to somebody, chances are you've made a friend because they want to give something back to you. So we button up all of our appointments by giving them a gift basket, an Irish tea basket, or the opportunity to give $25 to the Sunday Love Mission, Sunday Love Project. Guess what? 99% of them want to give to the charity because they know they, they're told the story in the company story. So our cancellation rate went way down, and we had a serious cancellation problem here. But the, the cancellation problem went down because we gave something on a welcome call to a customer. Now, we've always given we, – we take a page out of your book because we do the cookies, and um, we give back – I do a handwritten letter that's not quite handwritten, but it's handwritten by the name on the top that looks handwritten back, and we give stuff after the sale. But the idea here was to give something before work starts and to tie it in with the charity, and it is definitely – I can guarantee you this is this has helped – substantially reduce our cancellations because people feel strange now canceling because you've just donated something in their name to and we let them choose the charity if they don't want to do the charity we want and um, we switch it up this month we had a customer had a, a one of their kids has a cancer issue and we we, we morphed from the Sunday Love Project to this can to this GoFundMe cancer page customers like that and it shows a human side of you, and it, it, it shows a different side of you, and, and, and it helps with our cancellation. So it, it's 
you're right. There is a there is a uh, bottom line to all this, and it, it definitely works for us. Well, and look, in the end, is there any? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, we've used the law of reciprocity, as you know. I mean, we've used the law of reciprocity since Correct. we started G4 marketing. That's right. We That's right. Out gifts to to customers because we kind of want something in return, whether that's a, you know, a feedback of how we did, a review, a referral, it works. And I love the strategy because, you know, cancellation is an issue with some companies, especially as you get bigger, right? When you were, when you were right. smaller, when you were doing a couple million a year, it probably wasn't that big of an issue. Correct. Right. Correct. So now Correct. you got to come up with strategies to overcome these things. So you've kind of got the whole company, I would imagine, around the story, the Jake story, the Thank You America uh, campaign and all of that. How do you do that? How do you get your team engaged? Good question. We take lots of pictures, take lots of videos. We, we, you come into our hallway, you'll see pictures of uh, various homeless people. We made a human face. We we made it. People don't interact with homeless people, so we we I interview a lot of the homeless people. They know a lot of the people now that that uh, I interact with, and it's 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 interesting when when somebody is is looking for work here, and the first thing they're going to see before they come into my office is they're going to see pictures of homeless people in the corridors, and they'll know that the owner interacts with these, and that this company supports them, but. There's, there's another, there's lots of aspects to this. I know we're short on time, but let me give you one other advantage that I have over, I feel over other owners by doing this is that not only does it grounds me, does it ground me on a weekly basis, but then when normal BS happens in this business, and there's lots of challenges. We had a huge one last last year when we had a Trojan horse literally come into our organization, a, a, a sales manager under the guise of, of, of a, of a, he was going to get us to 10 million, paid the gentleman a lot of money. But I think every owner's nightmare is to hire a sales manager and have them literally come in, steal your database, steal half your salespeople, badmouth you to all your vendors, and literally um, help a lawsuit against you and do everything they can to put you out of business. A very vindictive person, not a very honest person. Just say one thing. Sorry to interrupt you. Very vindictive. Yes. But as with as in a lot of cases, really for no reason. Did you give him any reason to be vindictive? Absolutely nothing. Zero. Right. You hired bent over backwards to be this person, bent over backwards to, to accommodate this person. Right. This person relocated from the other side of the country to be here, but at the time did everything we possibly could to accommodate this person. Right. Now, when you're involved with homeless people you tend to look at the world a little differently. And that when the BS like this comes along, it didn't affect me like I normally would have prior to 2015, because it is what it is. I'd rather be on the receiving end than doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't build the company going in and stealing someone else's top producer and stealing half their, half their staff and their, I didn't do that. I did it myself. And if, if that's gonna happen to me, then so be it. It's not the end of the world. And we've now, this year, have one of our most profitable years without this individual. 
you know. So even though it, it we had a bump in the road last year, we still muddled through, survived, got better, became more efficient, and literally the strength I get from from um, from giving back helped me deal with this because it didn't affect me the way it normally would. So hopefully that makes sense. Well, it does, and and you know, like we talked about earlier before we before we started this episode. It, as entrepreneurs, we, I mean, every week could be something different. You, you know, yep. you a bad employee, you have a bad sales week, you've got sure. uh, an expense that comes out of nowhere. I mean, we're under, you know, we take an enormous risk. We're under an enormous pressure a lot of times to constantly be performing and constantly be producing. And it's it's not easy to be an entrepreneur. It's not easy to own your own business, contrary to what the rest of the world might believe. And I like that, you know, every any time that there is a strategy for somebody to cope with that, that is not negative, meaning yes. you know, drinking, uh, drugs, um, mm. picking it out on your family, uh, you know, I mean, all of that stuff happens. And so I think that this is just, this is another really interesting strategy of hey and it gives you perspective right you're going to somebody that very good like you said only has the shirt on their back and your problems you know their problems are all relative right but still it gives you some perspective you're absolutely right it does give you perspective well i like what you said too in that it's one thing to write a check it's another thing to be involved and it's not for everybody but you're like you got you really got involved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quite frankly, I mean, when you first told me about this a couple of years ago, I remember we had dinner and you told me this whole this whole story about it was probably what four or five months after it happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, sh here it is a year and a half later, and you're not only are you still doing it, but you're even more involved. Correct. Correct. And that's what that's the takeaway I would give your listeners is that get involved in something. It, it's not a chore. It's not something that's a that's a, that, that's a pain in the butt. It's not. It's something that you'll actually enjoy and you will get so much out of it, not just from a financial standpoint, but dealing with the BS. It's not going to affect you as much. But I, I get so much out of it. And uh, there's there's nothing like it. I, I I can't thank Tony Robbins for that book and and, and steering me in that direction. And um, so for me, I would say to to people that you're listening, find something. And um, we're actually trying to start a, a Sunday Love Project up here now, so I don't have to do the five mile the five hour commute. But either way, it was it was driving down. You're listening to mentors. You're you're preparing for your week ahead. I, I would never take that back. That was the best thing I ever did. I, I could never thank that that homeless gentleman enough. And to, to here he is, five hours away, but he's he's helped this company and he's helped my employees quite a bit. Let me tell you. That's awesome. So I just, as we kind of wrap up here, I I just I want to point a few things out about Jer, and I'll have Jer back because there's lots of other things we could talk about. He's a great marketer, great salesperson. Um, there's a lot more we can talk about. But I just want to point out a few things. So Jer, in this one conversation, mentioned four books, four, that helped change his life. In our next conversation, if we talk about something else, 
he'll mention another four books. He's a reader. He's a learner. He's a listener. Um, he's all about mentors. And it's important. It helps. I, I think it provides us with shortcuts. Every book can be a shortcut. Every book can be learning about something that we didn't know about. So the books that he mentioned, two of them were uh, by Cialdini, um, which is actually spelled C-I-A-L-D-I-N-I, I believe. Um, yeah, I think you're close. Yeah. So Influence, which is an awesome book. I have not read Persuasion yet, but it's on my list of books to read. Um, the third book you mentioned was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, sure. How far back did you read that book? That was a long time ago. Yeah. That, that was a, that's like a long a time book, ago. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. That's like one of those core books that you kind of start. It starts you on a journey. Um, Think and Grow Rich was like that for me. Um, and then you mentioned Tony Robbins' book, Money Master the Game. Um, yeah. That also, it's a big fat book. You listen to it. Um, uh, I, I, I read it. Uh, either way, um, the information is great. Um, I'm not a huge Tony Robbins fan, although I'm warming up to him more uh, the last few years. That guy just has not gone away, huh? He's just gotten You're right. No, he has not. I, I, I looked. I watched one of his Netflix movies there, and uh, I wasn't a big Tony Robbins fan either. But that that money book is phenomenal. It, it and, is. Um, and then two more books, Brian. You gotta you gotta do the big ones. Um, I am a huge Ayn Rand fan. Huge, huge, huge Ayn Rand fan. I'd I'd read Atlas Shrugged. I'm looking at his picture in my office right now. But I recently read The Fountainhead, and I just never got around to reading her other book, The Fountainhead. That's even better. A wonderful, okay. wonderful book. Oh my God, wonderful book. I feel bad that I never read that book, and I escaped all this time, spent all this time, and I'm thinking, I can't, I've never read it. I didn't know who Howard Rourke was. Now I do. So, wonderful book to read, The Fountainhead, Ayn Rand. Okay. So, that's 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 a good one. Um, yeah, Atlas, every entrepreneur should read Atlas. In fact, every, well, let's not get, go there. That's She's controversial, <laughs> she's controversial to, say, to say the least. All right. So, Jer talked about books. We talked a little bit about we talked a little bit about marketing, about unique selling proposition. We talked um, a little bit about um, well, and also he gave you a really good tip, a uh, really good strategy actually for how to reduce cancellations. I know that there are some companies out there that are that are listening that are you know that struggle with cancellation. And uh, Jer gave you a really good strategy for that. And then the overall message is this message of, of, of giving, of being of service to people and how that helped, how that helped Jer uh, personally and professionally too, right? Correct. Look, my friend, I appreciate it. Thank you for, uh, thank you for taking the time and sharing your story. It, it's, it's, it is a, a, a great story. So until next time, everybody, uh, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. 
Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. And finally, we started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the wealthy contractor. Now, the wealthy contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing.